The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Mr. Debbie! And I'm Dude Two. I want my fucking car. I think that's what we call each other in private. In that exact manner. It, it takes up a lot of time, admittedly. Yeah. Especially when we're trying to introduce each other. A little, yes. like, if, like, if we're ever, like, you know, which we never are, but, you know, if we're ever in, like, social circles, like, big big groups of people, you know, I'm like, this is, I want my fucking car. Oh, I may introduce you to Mr. Debbie! <laughs> And if it's not done like that, then then we haven't done each other uh, a, ser- a good service. We've no. wronged each other, really. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, for sure. But well, welcome. I'm Richard. He's Joe. Yeah. But also, Mr. Debbie. And <laughs> I want my fucking car. I want my fucking car. Yeah. I want my fucking car. Um, so right now, we are in our holiday season episodes. Uh, we did a... Ang Lee episode last time to start things off and we're gonna do today's episode and then we have another one in two weeks and then we have our Christmas our more official Christmas episode in another two weeks so uh just in case you're wondering what's going on with the show there's a little update for you um but uh we do have uh an exciting pairing for you guys probably like because, I mean, we've been doing this show for a while, but we've never really done, like, a like an actual, like, Thanksgiving episode. Which is ironic, given that this episode will be out after Thanksgiving. I mean, unless... Uh, unless if you... I get... <laughs> yeah. I mean, because otherwise it'll be the... Because th- I'm calling it the Thanksgiving Leftovers episode. Which, which has got a nice ring to it. Because, listen, like, there are a lot of co- complicated feelings towards Thanksgiving. Yes. We're not... We will get into some of them with the second movie. Yes. Um, but I, I it, it's just amazing how much, like, okay, we, we're big Halloween guys here, obviously. Mm. We take that very seriously on Two Dudes. Deadly then, seriously. But even during the Halloween seat, we see Christmas stuff. And it's just, like, amazing how bulldozed Thanksgiving <laughs> is completely. It's just, it's... Though, you know, we do have a, a slasher movie coming out this weekend called Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So, actually, I think it does ca- come out on Thanksgiving. Mm. Okay. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it. Because I think it's, well, because c- well, Thanksgiving's a Thursday. And yeah. they would do, like, early. So that would make sense, yeah. Mm. Instead of eating right. food, let's go watch a slasher movie. 
Sure. Why that's, not? That's a, yeah. Why not? Let's, uh, what if you can get, uh, do they offer like turkey legs as a snack at movie theaters? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the day that happens, I would quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh we're gonna we're gonna start doing turkey legs like screw you I'm out. See the closest thing I would think of uh, is like Disney World because obviously they got the turkey legs. Mm-hmm. It just seems so inconvenient though to carry that around. <laughs> like you're just you're just on you're in the line for Peter Pan. Just can I bring this on? No. Can you hold it for me? <laughs> Thank <Sure>. you. <laughs> just, I'll be back. Don't 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 do anything with it. Oh, man. I mean, um, we- weird question, um, I guess I have for you. Have you ever eaten out for Thanksgiving? Yeah. It's, um, there was like a local place in my hometown and I think once we ate there. I think, cause I could remember, I could be remembering this wrong, but like, I remember me, my mom, my sister, my grandmother. So this was before 2009. Um, and my dad all went to a, like, college football game, and it was, like, a blizzard mm-hmm. while we were there, like, um, but my dad, my dad has this weird, uh, love for, like, existing in bad weather, <laughs> like, whenever there's, like, a storm, he'll look out the window, and it's like, stop it, stop doing that, please and thank you, um, <laughs> But like whenever, like uh, whenever there's like a snowstorm or something, and he has tickets for like a football game, he's like, "Oh, it's gonna be so fun! We'll just be sitting there." And it's like, "No, this is miserable as hell." But we want, but he wanted to do that, and so we drove through a snowstorm to go to this game. And me and my mom and my grandma and my sister were all huddled under a blanket while my dad's like, "Go team!" You know, on some level, I got to respect that, but also, on the other hand, I feel so bad for the rest of you guys. Especially my poor grandma. Um, I mean, I know. Yeah. Like, good grief. Like, at least at that point, my sister and I had youth <laughs> sort, of, sort of on our side. My mom and my grandma, my mom still had youth, but, like, my grandma, you know, she was still, she was probably in her 60s at the time. Yeah, that's, like... It's like that's not just... an, that's not that's not an environment for anybody, let alone a sixty-something-year-old. Yeah, and then like after that, we went to the restaurant, and ate food. I didn't like it. What uh, was that? Was it was it Thanksgiving fair at at the restaurant? Yeah, it was like Thanksgiving food, but like it was just it was weird. Cause it was like I'd rather just go home. I think one of the better Thanksgivings was oddly enough at my. At my uh, one of my my sister's ex boyfriend's house, this was a while ago, because like mm-hmm. his dad deep fried the turkey, and I'd never Ooh. had deep fried turkey before, and it was yeah. really good. But I also, speaking of my dad, he became like very self conscious because he makes the turkey every year, and he's like, "What? What about mine?" I'm like, "It's still good, but I just never had this before." <laughs> it's like a unique, you know. It's a it's, it's, it's a different thing, you know. It's new. It's yeah, fun. It's like two things can be good at the same time. Two th- that's that's something I've I've a, a phrase that I've subscribed to a lot over the last couple of years is two things can be true at the same time. It's the and that's true. That's very true. Um, have you eaten out? Yes, number of times. Um, but mainly at the same two places. Um, 
where basically my, my uncle uh my uncle's a bartender um you know you have told and, me this. yeah and he works in some really nice joints like they're really nice places he's always working on thanksgiving so you know i for a lot of my child like a lot of my childhood i don't know i don't only remember my uncle for like a brief part of like thanksgiving you know mm-hmm. um you know, like Uncle's one of my favorite people. So when I was a kid, I was like, "What? What? Why? Why is he not here?" You know. Um, but for a couple of years, we've been going to the restaurant he works at for Thanksgiving. He serves us. We're able to talk with him. You know, it's, uh, it's does a lot he get of fun. does he does he get to join you at any point? Sometimes a little bit, but not like you know. Do you like try to time it like for his like lunch break or something maybe? No, it's just just whatever you get it's, there. It, it's just it's just yeah. Yeah. Um, the only problem is that, like it's like we eat late sometimes, and it's like with a holiday. I, I'm so jealous of so many people who who their holidays are so early, and I feel like they're done by the time we're getting things started. Right. And and that's very true with Christmas as well, because Christmas, it's crazy because we go to my grandmother's house, open gifts there, come back home, and we host Christmas at our house. So we have to get Christmas ready, and then people start coming over like maybe five something, mm-hmm. and you know nobody's leaving until like nine nine thirty, close to ten o'clock. Like it's, you know, you know uh, it is nice though to have, probably have like because for for Thanksgiving we never really had a big one, like we we don't have a, an abundance of people that come to our house. Like it used to be right. my gra- it used to be like my my grandma's, my mom's mom, my dad's mom. Maybe an aunt or an uncle. It's my sister. She was dating someone. would Would join or whatever. If I had a friend over or something. He they would join whoever they were. Um, but very rarely. Because like these days, I think our last Thanksgiving was just me, my parents, my sister, and Mark, who is my yep. sister's boyfriend. But yep. I just refer to him as Mark. Because <laughs> that's who he that's is. His name. That's his name. Just Mark. Um, Joey met Mark actually. I did. Mark, 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 Mark. For my brief interaction, he was, was a nice. Guy. As I said to both both uh, Jelly and Mark, I'm like, I wish we met under better circumstances. If the if Toy Story wasn't trying to kill me, if Toy Story. But you were saying you usually don't didn't yeah. have like a lot of people. Yeah, um, we don't. We don't have. Yeah, we don't. Even in the Christmas time, we don't really like. Because my my traditions used to be. We would go to my grandma. Like my grandmas were essentially like the centerpiece for a lot of yeah. holiday traditions. And then when they passed away, it just sort of like either didn't like, like whatever else we tried to do, it just didn't work out so well. Like we would go to my aunt and uncle's house sometimes, and you know it was nice to see them, but you know we wouldn't stay very long. And then sometimes we'd go over to uh, my grandma's friend's house, but now she's passed away. May she rest in peace. And so it's like, you know, plus the last couple of years, like I haven't, I've either had to work yeah, or I right. just haven't gone anywhere because yeah, yeah. there's a virus in the world now that we let stay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so these days it's just kind of up in the air what we would even do. So it would, at this point, Thanksgiving's just going to be like how it was last year or unless my sister decides to go with Mark to his family's house, which I think is I think she might have done one year, but I don't remember. And then Christmas is literally just my sister comes over and she's like, Hey, and then we just open gifts and yeah, it's not, it's not really all that eventful anymore, but 
you know you just yeah. want it to be with the family that's what it is yeah. you know but i do think about how like it would be nice to have like kind of that bigger christmas thing but then you know this doesn't mean that what you have isn't isn't like enough you know what I mean? no absolutely right it, so. it's you know i always think about too like I don't have, like, there's, I, I don't have that many people that live near me, like, as far as friends go. Um, mm. We could do a virtual you know. Friendsgiving, like a two I dudes would, I, virtual Friendsgiving. I would love that, honestly, because it's, it's, it's like, I love my family and stuff too, but like, especially the last couple of years, like. You know what? I'm so, I'm so thankful for, what's up? No, so I don't mean to cut you off, but like, I, like, I do mean that. Like, we could get you, we, we get Allison, we get Yq, we get Gifford. Um, this is this is very personal, but hey, it's on the podcast now. Uh, we get we get we get Wiki, we get Gifford, we get um, uh, we can ask John and Kenny if they'd want to join. Obviously, anyone who's like helped us with the show, um, do a little two dudes Thanksgiving. All of us just we have our own plate of food, whatever whatever we want to have it doesn't fucking whatever. matter. Yes, you can have McDonald's. It's fine. It's food. Yes, <laughs> I think that'd be kind of cool. We should probably. We should look into that if we if we can find Let's, the time. If we can find the time, absolutely. Um, yeah, it'd be good to like Discord chat. Yeah, yeah we get everybody involved yeah. um, or something. Um, well, to write this down. Yes, you, you, no. you heard it here first, even though we probably should have asked these people ahead of time, but we just thought of it. We just thought of it. We'll ask them after we do this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because I do, I do think about that. Um and yeah, I mean, cause I, I, like, I always have memories of like having pretty large, like holidays mm-hmm. cause it would be, cause sometimes it would be like my mom, my dad, my brother and I, and then my grandma, my, my grandma, grandpa on, you know, both sides, um, more specifically my, my dad's side, but then my grandfather would come over cause my grandmother on my mom's side, um, was homebound for a lot of, a lot of her, um, later part of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my grand, my grandmother's siblings would come over. You met aunt Deb, you know, mm-hmm. she, so she would come over my mom's sister and her family would come over. So like, this was my old house. Like it, we, so we, we would be able to host like huge, big table, huge, big table. We put uh, the fucking, that's one thing I don't miss is putting the goddamn leaves <laughs> in the table. Leaves? Uh, you know, a table leaves. Yes. Oh. Like, 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 okay. I think I know what you mean. They're like extender, table extenders. Okay. Uh, I've always referred, we've always referred to them as, ta- as the leaves. The leaves? Uh, of the table. I just pictured um, you right outside and just grabbed some leaves and just went, sprinkle. Uh, <laughs> sprinkle. But, like, because, like, because, well, actually, we can't even fit everybody in the dining room. Oh, and yeah. And so we have it, like, you've been in my house, like, in our living room, you know, so we have, like, a couple plastic tables together the tables don't like are are oddly shaped (laughs) we don't have kitty tables here it's just an extra table if anyone wants to sit at it it's a card table and then a somewhat longer table that we used to use as our covid transition table basically (laughs) where it was like okay this is our stuff that we're bringing in we're cleaning it down we're bringing it in the house (laughs) because then we had another table that i felt like was a freaking like tetanus um violent I'm like, I'm not handling this table. We're using the the COVID table. <laughs> like Joey, Joey's walking with big old gloves, just like, okay, careful, careful, careful. 
Careful! Oh, man. I mean, but I actually, like, because a couple years ago, because 2020, we had Thanksgiving, just the three of us, and that was, like, the smallest Thanksgiving I've ever had. Yeah. But we, we catered that year. We um, got it from a lo- stuff from a local place. And that was kind of fun, too, just to have, like, a lot of, like, leftovers and then something I ha- mm. hadn't had as far as, like, Thanksgiving in a very long time. Because when you go to your restaurant, you, you get your meal and... I'm usually a pretty hungry guy, so it's like I don't. There's no left. The dessert might be left over because we make a lot of dessert too. But you know, yeah, we tend to we tend to make a huge because like I've definitely gotten to that point where I think I just prefer it being made because like you know not nothing against like the ordering out or doing anything like that, but it's just like when you make it at home, there's just something about it. It's a different. It's a different it's, thing. It's a different sure. thing, and so and I like making the mashed potatoes. So, like, I'll peel the taters and then we'll put them in a big pot and let them boil, and then we'll smush them and put seasonings and whatnot. And then my dad will make the bird at like five in the morning, and then it'll be done by like maybe three or four, depending. I don't know how long it takes him, but he'll he'll he has like a like a fan. He's one of those guys like I have a family recipe, mm. but it probably came from like a Betty Crocker book. I don't know, but but you know, hey, sometimes that. Sometimes what happens, I mean, yeah. my mom had, I, like, I think about, like, my mom, I was actually start. I've been, there's a project I've been doing where I'm, like, getting, like, typing up her recipes, because they're on, like, these cards that are so brown, they're brown and, like, <laughs> whittling and yeah. faded, and I'm like, nah. so I, I've, last year, I think, I did all the desserts, basically, that were in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, we do buy, yeah, out, we do, we do uh, get the desserts outside, though, like, we, we see, get, that's, yeah. That's the opposite. Yeah. We eat out, but the, my mom will make carrot cake. My grandmother makes chocolate cream pie. She used to make pump, pumpkin pie, but we get that out. But yeah, like the like the, <laughs> the desserts, we bring them to the restaurant. <laughs> and what ends up happening is like like my uncle joked once my mom makes a football field sized carrot cake. Oh. It's a, big, it's a carrot. It's like big a big old sheet cake. cake? Big old kind of kind of sheet cake. I, you know, I'm not good with cake measurements, but it's big. You know, <laughs> and it's big enough to where like people who end up working at the restaurant get pieces. It just somehow oh. it ha- it happens. Well, like that's that. festive. We, it's that's, fun. That's nice. It's like it, it's fun. There are, and there's some people they're always like, oh, we got to get that. I got to get Patty's carrot cake. It's like it's like if you get the like the party sized pizzas from like local pizza joints. It's like this massive thing in a box that just corner to corner pizza and you're that's like pat that's that's patty's carrot cake that's um, wonderful that's wonderful yes and that's always the best part is getting to taste the tr- the cream cheese icing and she's always like oh this is this good and i'm like this is great i'm loving this <laughs> i, I oh, it, it just a, have a tear <laughs> a single tear coming out it's like you don't even know you don't even no, know but like and it's also one of those desserts too where even if i don't have a piece like that night it's a dessert that's better, I think, the next after day, the holiday. It because t- almost like it's just like it's able to sit there, and you're just like, yeah. I just I'm just picturing you after Thanksgiving. You've you've woken up from your turkey coma, and just immediately like, I'm gonna have some cake. It's, it's three a.m. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna have some cake. That's just that's just heavenly right there. This is, if yes. listen, I might be an atheist, but if there is such a thing as heaven, I'm sure that's what it would look like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Well, we're like 20 minutes into the episode. Uh, this was a lovely... But, um, but it was... But you, you know, know what? It's There's there's a point to it. It's Thanksgiving episode. It's purposeful. It's yeah. purposeful. Do we want to get into our first movie? No, I want to keep talking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was kind no, of nice. Not really. Like, listen, I love both of these movies, but no. <laughs> no. Um, but no, yes, this is, this is our, our first kind of true Thanksgiving episode. Um, and we, when we were trying to, it's hard to find like a proper Thanksgiving movie. That's not Charlie Brown. Yeah. I mean, there, there are, there are some, you know, I always remember there was one cartoon networks, but like thing that they showed, but it was like a really old cartoon. Mm Mm-hmm. I forget, like like what a it Rankin was. and Bass kind of thing, or it wasn't Rankin Bass, but it was it was definitely like the animation was like a bit off TV movie, you know, TV movie kind of thing. But I always yeah. look forward to that kind of shit. Um, you are you are you are a big proponent, a big fan, a big uh, I'm a lover. big fan of I like TV specials, man. That's yeah. why I like the the Marvel special presentations. <laughs> I think they're fun. Like forty five minutes and you're done. It's great. Let's just move on to the rest of your day. And then if you want, you could you could watch it twice and someone watching like The Godfather is still watching it. I've watched this three times. I'm both people. <laughs> Get you someone who can be both. Get you somebody who can do both, exactly. Yeah. But this movie, uh I think if you ask some people, this is almost feels like the quintessential like Thanksgiving um movie though marketing's trying way too hard to say it's christmasy and it's like stop it i think there's there's a bunch of reasons for that um (laughs) there are there are but it's like you know it's nice when it's not everything has to be christmasy i guess but but it's like i said thanksgiving there's some good reasons for thanksgiving (laughs) to get told those it is then there's other reasons where people are just like i need snowmen and santa hi allison where's Um, the jingle bells. Um, <laughs> you didn't answer my question. Uh, Where is it? <laughs> where's the jingle bells? I need to know, or else. Uh, so we're gonna get, we're gonna get to get to our first movie. Uh, Richard, oh. I'm turning the tables. Oh, oh God. <laughs> What is our first film today? Well, I want my fucking car. Are you paying attention? <laughs> because I'm going to tell you what our first feature is. It's none other than the Thanksgiving classic starring the iconic John Candy and... Steve Martin. It is the first John Hughes movie we've ever talked about on this show. Oddly enough, this is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. (laughs) How was that? That's good. That's good. I liked it. That was nice. Um, <laughs> now, like, this movie is something that I have known of its existence. Same. Nearly my whole life. Same. 
you've known this, but yeah. this is but this is our first time watching this. This is the most remarkable. This is a remarkable <laughs> thing. Listen, you know there was there's there's a couple of times we've had friends of ours say, you know, how long are you going to be able to do that show with all the movies? Like you're going to run out of movies, and it's like, listen, we're over 140 episodes, and we haven't talked about this movie, which many people consider a classic. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about any other. Like I said, any other movie made by the same guy that made this movie, like no Breakfast Club, no Ferris Bueller, no Sixteen Candles, no Uncle Buck, no Curly Sue, whatever the fuck that one's called. We haven't talked about any of that. This is yeah. the first one, and yeah, golly gee, this is a good one to start with. Yeah, this movie's great. (laughs) Like, spoiler alert, we we came out of this just really loving it. It, It's very much like in the same ballpark. This is what I said after we watched it. This is like Joey and I discovered the Beatles, and we wanted to ask if anyone else knows who the Beatles are. You guys didn't realize how good this movie is. (laughs) Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. But do you know? But but does anybody really talk about how good this movie is? But that's like the thing with this movie too, because it is a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, we'll put the purview of the ho- the holiday part of the holiday season because Thanksgiving gets packaged into that. You know, it's one of those things where people talk about it once a year. Yeah, and they realize holy sh- they realize again holy shit this movie is great. So here's listen, this is a this is a road trip buddy movie. Uh, all that all happens based on like an unfortunate s- circumstance of bad weather and people being talkative. Way, <laughs> so we got okay. So we got Steve Martin who plays Neil Page, uh, business guy, Wall Street business guy. I think I don't know. He works in New York City, and he's trying to get home for Thanksgiving. But of course, uh, Chicago where he lives because. It's John Hughes movie. Um, is got some pretty bad uh, snowstorms going on, um, so he's he's stuck yeah. a little bit. Um, but in his travels, he meets um, uh, what the hell is his name? Why Del Griffith. Del Del Griffith. Thank you. Um, played by John Candy. Who is uh, as we when we're when we meet him, we're told he is a uh, shower curtain uh, ring salesman, <laughs> and he's also r- really talkative, but a genuinely nice person. And so, but but Steve Martin, he's very like, mm, mm, I don't know, I, no thank you. Yeah. Now the first time they meet, actually. Uh, uh, Del Griffith steals a cab from Neil Page <laughs> as he's be as he's chasing it down, and then he just so happens to run into him at the airport. And instead of like being, you know, entirely antagonistic, like John Candy, uh, Del Griffith's like, "I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. How about I get you a cup of coffee?" Uh, no, thank you. S- something else? No. Uh, he like lists all these different milk. things. Milk, <laughs> milk, milk came milk? before soda, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> like you just know that that John Hughes just left the camera there and just said to start listing things. <sighs> but 
yeah, they, they go on basically this massive road trip, which, Richard, if you ever go on the Wikipedia for planes, trains, and automobiles, they have a map of the road trip, and they have <laughs> lines that are color-coded as to, like, what mode of transport uh, Neil and Dell used. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. They start off in a plane. Then they, they, they go to a motel, and then they do... Do they? They don't do. Do they do the train then? Because well, they I mean, kind of swap a, off. There's a couple. Like there's a couple. Like train. You know, there's a couple trains yeah. in the movie. You know, because uh, there's an elevated train at one point. Like, there's a bus later on. There's a bus. There's oh, of course the the iconic, um, the iconic rent a car, <laughs> 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 which oh my god. If you listen, like, there's some, there's so many iconic like chase scenes, driving scenes in movies. Some movies are just entirely driving sequences. You know, I think a Mad Max Fury Road or any of the Mad Max movies are just these amazingly sta- well staged driving sequences. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I would argue that none of them are nearly as chaotic <laughs> as everything that happens in this one, because. So much happens. I just want to start with that. Not that it's the most like important thing, but at but, the same time, it's like so but memorable. That was the scene that I knew. Just a brief tangent. If anybody remembers the game, seen it. This is how popular DVDs were back in the day, kids. There was a DVD game. Mm-hmm. Okay, the DVD games, but seen it was like one of the like the movie one. Oh yeah. And I was at my aunt and uncle's house. Like this is over twenty years ago. And it was the it was this the the chaotic like driving seed, and I just the the image of John Candy in a devil costume has never left <laughs> my mind. I like seeing this. I'm like as a kid, I'm like this. I was so sh-. like as a young child, I'm like whoa, what is this? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but like the amount of bad luck. <laughs> one has yes. so it's and it's all like because it starts off like john candy's driving and he he first the cigarette gets flicked uh in the back seat even though he tries to flick it out the window but it doesn't make it mm. <laughs> he breaks the seat <laughs> and, and and steve Martin can't like adjust properly <laughs> right and then um they start like He's just getting so focused on the music, so he keeps going, swerving back and forth, which, unfortunately, I, I, I have been in that scenario, like, years ago. Um, I don't, though, anymore. But you try to focus while you're driving while also enjoying your music. Mm. Um, but then uh, it, it leads to almost getting an accident, which they turn around, <laughs> and they start driving the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and they're being yelled at. You're going the wrong way. And they're just like, that guy's drunk. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, they want to. Uh-huh. They want to race us. <laughs> they want to race us. Uh, so I was immediately thinking about the cheeky run from Rebel Without a Cause. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine if that was the instead of going off a cliff, it was let's drive towards two semi trucks. <laughs> But but like it's such a it, like it's so like such a crazy like intense moment. But that's the other thing with this movie too is like there was some really great. It looks really good. It does. It's just really well shot. 
like i like like it's it's primarily like like again like it's a comedy but so much about it it's like the the scenery like the sort of establishing shots are like amazing um like the night shot of the airport before they get on the plane uh yes. before it has to land in wichita <laughs> and they get robbed <laughs> and they wake up cuddling <laughs> why did you kiss my ear why are you holding my hand oh <laughs> how was that game last night it was great <laughs> well, where's your where's your other hand between pillows those are pillows. pillows. <laughs> <laughs> it also goes to show that, like, like those two together are just so funny. Like, yes, you know, like these days, especially for us, when we think of Steve Martin as a duo, it's usually with Martin Short, and it's and they're a great duo, obviously, you know. But at the same time, like this, this is also like a really good pairing for these two because. Like, like Steve Martin plays sort of like the straight man in a way, but what's mm. great about Steve Martin is that he can like be sort of like a more strict, sort of calm straight man, but then he uh, gets aggressively angrier. <laughs> so we kind of, I feel like we kind of, we kind of do that a little bit in our in our dramas that we've done, where like I'm like sort of the straight man character, but then like I just get progressively angrier. <laughs> I got my leg chopped off in one of those. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I play a goofball, but my goofball is not like nearly as sympathetic <laughs> as John Candy is in this movie. You <laughs> do shoot out a plane. That that is true. That is something that happens. I'm so sorry, but like that would be amazing if my like character had like this ultra serious like backstory like i lost my ferret i lost my ferret eight years ago <laughs> and, yeah, I just, <laughs> it's just like this ferret is like uh, like a framed picture of this ferret is just like <laughs> you just take it with you everywhere you don't even you don't even tell me that the ferret's dead it's just the ferret is a part of your life and then oh, i'm you, like why aren't you coming with me but again like john candy john candy Obviously, we we said he was really funny in this movie, but like mm. the dramatic moments that he has to hit, he hits out of the park. Like there was the first; it was like twenty five minutes in where they're in the motel room, and you and I were like, "Is this Wait a the act two see? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, listen, they just met each other because this movie this movie is like an hour and a half long. It's not that long. No, it's not. But but it feels like so much is packed into this movie that. Um, it's sort of crazy that by the by the time half an hour has passed, they're already like at that sort of point that in any other movie would happen, like in the at the start of the third act, where the characters are like, "You don't know me, I like me," and it's like, yeah, they kind of have that moment later again, but it's like, it's so strange, but it but it makes sense, yeah, you know because when we first meet both of these guys, like we have a very on the surface understanding of who they are. Like again, Steve Martin's like the, the strict New York, like businessman guy. And then, uh, John Candy's more like a quirky, like salesman, you know, that has like a person, like he's very personable because that just kind of comes with being a salesman, especially a traveling salesman. But right. then as, as it goes on, you know, 
obviously John Candy has all those quirks, like that that scene when they're trying to sleep, and you just hear, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I was like on the new like 4k there's a whole the blu-ray disc has like over an hour of extended deleted scenes there was like i felt like two minutes it felt like two minutes at least of john candy going <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to worried, clear my sinuses I, I was worried my mom was gonna walk in and just be like joey are you okay <laughs> i'm fine it's a movie <laughs> it's just it's just john candy uh, but like it's amazing too, like because this movie is so short and like it's so funny. But like there was, like I said, there's like a whole hour and change of like all this other stuff. Because like obviously Neil is trying to get home to his family, but there's a yeah. deleted scene where Neil's wife is wor- is really worried about Neil, mm-hmm. and she's just like, "Oh, he's with Dell," and thinking Dell is like some lady, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. But I also like that this movie really focuses on on Neil and Dell. Yeah, we don't like they don't like we get brief glimpses of of Neil's family. Um, very brief, very brief. Until like, like that, yeah. The the revelation that one of the kids is a Lawrence brother. <laughs> that was about. It. I'm like, oh hey, I recognize that guy. He was in Boy Meets World, uh, <laughs> and now here he is with a bowl cut. Um, yeah. as a <laughs> six seven year old somewhere around there. But um, but no, they do fo- they do focus on these guys. But then as the film plays out, you know, we really get to like see these two come together. Like these, they be they basically become like inseparable by the end of this yeah. movie, because you know, they I mean they have they have their uh, they have their uh, back and forths every so often, like especially after uh, Dell told uh neil that his credit card was because they swapped credit cards early in the movie he's like oh i put it back in your wallet which is in the car (laughs) that's on fire right now um the fact that they drove that car to a motel without without like getting second degree burn props yes absolutely um trying to think off the top of my head but like yeah, it's it, but it's also interesting too because we talk about like John Hughes. You know, he's known for known for you know some of the most beloved like teen comedies, teen comedies like coming of age stuff. Yeah, what was okay? What was the first John Hughes movie you've seen like ever? It was I think it was Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I, I think I think it was mine was either Ferris Bueller or like one of the ones he wrote as opposed to like directing. You know what, mate? Like, uh, like, because yeah, Ferris Bueller would be one of the ones I, I know as far as directing, but writing I would have to look because he's written a bunch, you know, a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was crazy to find out like half the stuff that he ended up writing later were movies that came out when like we were young. Yeah, that's like, true. Flubber, the Hundred One Dalmatians live action remake. <laughs> like, huh? What? Or like even years later, um, there was that Dill, what's it, Drillbit, Drillbit Taylor, or whatever it was, that mm-hmm. Owen Wilson movie. Right. Apparently, that was a movie that John Hughes wrote, and then that they just never made it into a thing. Dude, there's a a Wikipedia article called John Hughes Unrealized Projects. Is there a list? Well, there's a couple. We want to hear a couple of them. Yeah, let, let's hear a couple of them. All right, National Lampoon's Jaws Three, People Zero. Which would have been a, p- a parody of Jaws. 
um, Motorheads versus Sportos, a.k.a. Just Like Romeo and Juliet, a.k.a. Suburban West Side Story. Oh. <laughs> um, the History of Ohio, From the Beginning of Time to the End of the Universe, also known as National Lampoon's uh, Dakron, Ohio. Scary. That sounds scary. That the, sounds joy terrifying. Sex, <laughs> the Joy of Sex, a dirty love story. Okay. <laughs> uh, Debs, a satire on Texas debutantes. Uh, well, they did. There is a movie called Debs, but I think it's like an acronym, and they're like secret agents or something. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and apparently, he pitched a version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas at one point before it was uh, adapted into the 2000 live action film. Oh, that makes sense. I could, I could, I could see like it. Definitely, obviously, the 2000 one's very Ron Howard, but. You know, I could see a John Hughes take on that, maybe. Just yeah. Judd Nelson, like, you, you think you you think you like Christmas? <laughs> I don't know. See, I, I just want a scene in The Grinch. It's just like the chaotic uh, driving scene. <laughs> <laughs> what? We can only hope. <laughs> just Jim Carrey in, like, in a devil costume. <laughs> it's the most comfortable costume <laughs> that he wore for that whole movie. Yeah, the devil probably. Costume. Um, but this, but oh, but going back to like obviously the holiday season aspect of this, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that this gets lumped, sort of like lumped in as like a Christmas movie, as we were sort of talking about before. Yeah, snow, lots because, of snow, because. You know, I live in New Jersey, which we get snow in New Jersey. We get we get snowstorms and, and, and such. But, like, during Thanksgiving, we haven't really had anything like that. And, like, snow for a lot of people, snow is something you associate much more with, like, December for some. You know, not for everybody, obviously, but for some in, yeah. in America. Yeah. We, we usually get snow, like, maybe late in the... It's Midwest Ohio. It's, like, usually late November, December, so... It's not it's it's not impossible for there to have snow, but sometimes we don't even get snow for Christmas. How whacked the weather is lately. Yeah. So I don't know if that that movie would have been as uh would have been, would have been as uh, insane uh, this day and age just because they'd be able to land the plane. <laughs> True. Or but but sometimes like listen like because because like with glo- like climate change and all that, there's also just really crazy weather. That's too. true. Yeah. Like, I, re- I remember, um, we talked about, like, Life of Pi, talking about, like, Superstorm, San- Su- Superstorm Sandy. Literally, right after we got back from Superstorm, got back to school from super- after Superstorm Sandy, Winterstorm Athena came in. And that was, that was insane, too. So... It's like, Merry Christmas. Happy um, holidays. And we had some, like, actually, like... I think early last year or like two years ago, we had some pretty bad snow. Yeah, early last year, we had some pretty bad. Two years ago, we had bad snowstorms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and early, early like January, it was, it was kind of wild actually. Um, but I think that's part of the reason why this gets sort of lumped into that. And because when people think about thank, like, because you think about Thanksgiving, people think fall. You think the fall colors and that kind of thing. And this movie doesn't really. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have that because the cut part of the setting and all that, you know. There's definitely like there's scenes that are more like fall based, but they're like they're a lot. It depends on where they are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, 
there's a lot of snow. It's cold. You know, there's there's sort of like a realistic depiction of this of that time of the year. Um, and then I feel like most of the Thanksgiving aspect of it is just the fact that they're trying to get home for Thanksgiving. But in in actuality, you can like. You could, you know, it's like like any of those Christmas movies. It's like I'm trying to get home for Christmas. Yeah, but then they, but it's like what and they just try to like emphasize it more by playing Christmas music or having snow or something. But you know, I I feel like it, it, there is more like a wider range that this movie. It's like a holiday movie more so than like specifically one thing or another. But yeah, there is the there is that whole aspect of they're trying to get home for Thanksgiving, and it's like okay. So they're trying to get home for the holidays. So yeah. that's a very that's a very classic archetype of a story for this time of year. It's like, and I think a lot of, a lot of people. I mean, traveling in the holidays in general is very relatable. I mean, but also too, like we, you and I have had a couple of instances of like storms interrupting travel. Yeah, and <laughs> like the because I think about like like obviously like Steve Martin berating the the rental lady is terrible obviously yeah. however you're like i get it because traveling like doing like traveling sucks it it is the worst and and i'll be honest that lady was not a good worker <laughs> she was not she wasn't great either but no. it was it, 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 it they were both in the wrong on some, they, uh, on they some were, level they were both very much in the wrong but it's also that like classic older movie style of like the the worker is the problem kind of mentality. The worker is the asshole. The worker is like, the asshole, and it's like, thanks, John Hughes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's um, it's it's dated, but there's there's aspects of it that you're like, I, I, it's still relatable in a way. But but like flight delays, like like th- that's extremely frustrating. Or when you're landing just somewhere gets, else, landing somewhere else. I've I got to ask my mom about this. I remember like over twenty years ago we had a flight i think from florida we were visiting my mom's family uh my mom's sister in florida and there was a terrible terrible winter storm so we had to get diverted i think we were in we had to land in dc i think and uh a friend of my mom's picked us up and drove us back um it, it was it was wild or it was something i remember it was just like an insane it was insane, you know, and just because, mm-hmm. and like, again, like there, like, I think about the other moment too, where Steve Martin, um, he's got like the first class take, he, he's, he got first class, but they had <laughs> yeah. to put him in coach. And there's actually a really funny deleted scene, um, in that, um, in that whole like first class coach thing where there's a little boy in first class. <sighs> and he and he has like this drink. <laughs> He's like, you forgot my uh, my Dr Pepper or something like. That. It was it was real. <laughs> like I get why they didn't put it in the movie, but it was actually like one of my favorite um one of my favorite deleted bits. I think um, which speaking of which too, I have the 4K for this movie that's been talked about a lot. Yeah, but the, like we were because like the, it doesn't have like a lot of good buzz, but like it we hadn't seen this at least with joey because i watched it on paramount plus but like we, we hadn't watched this before yeah that's true so we didn't have much of like a thing to go off of on whether or not like it was entirely like the worst thing ever like it was constantly being billed as and, and also too i mean like i don't know if the regular blue like this movie on home video in general 
you know, just weirdly has never has never really looked great. Uh, from, which from, sucks from what i understand which is terrible because this is a wonderful movie and there are so many moments where richard and i were just like holy cow this looks great. like this looks great. <laughs> like this just looks great like like certain ch- i'm like this is well put together these are well put together shots so uh that's but no it looks fantastic it looks great and but i was definitely noticing like like steve martin's i know he's younger here than what i'm normally used to seeing him at he looks very waxy in this movie does it look like they kind of like superimposed like someone's head on it a little bit? Like it's he, almost detached. He's like a wax dummy come to life. Um, uh, you know, so, and that's always just, that's disappointing too, because again, like this movie was shot on film and, and then like, it, it's just weird. It is a weird looking thing, but again, I still ended up having a good time, but also like your mileage may vary if you're intimately familiar with this movie. You know, mm-hmm. like I watched it. Oh gosh, I have something in my eye. I watched this on Paramount Plus, and it didn't really look that bad there. Like I don't know if it was like the old Blu-ray transfer or what version they used, but it didn't look. It didn't look like anything was wrong with it necessarily. But like, it's always great when you're watching a movie that because like comedies inherently look a certain way. You know, especially yeah. like old, old, new. It doesn't matter. They're they they look a, they just look a certain way. But this movie, like, it was just kind of crazy. Like, there's like these sweeping shots, like mm-hmm. these 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 grand, uh, you know, sh- and you're just like, they just put extra effort into this, <laughs> or like like John Hughes, like like we were saying, like you know, he is known for these comedies, like for the like for the teen comedies, and so it's like. Not that those movies ever look bad, but no, yeah, they got some you memorable re- shots in and such. Yeah, I mean, you know, Breakfast Club. Don't oh. you forget about me? Oh, of, of course, the, the, the um, freeze frame. But but, they, but again, a lot of that the the big strength for those are are like the scripts and the script yeah. for this is great, but it's also visually, I'm like, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like like it feels like um, to make another like sort of screenwriter comparison. Like I think of people like the Coen Brothers or like Tarantino, where like their early movies had a certain look to them, but then later in life, like they really leaned into like let's make this actually look as fantastic as we're trying to make it on mm-hmm. page. So I, I imagine at a certain point, you know, when he was like kind of transitioning into what seemed to be these more like adult. Because I didn't even know this was R-rated on that note. But, like... There's, like, two things we picked as, like, okay, yeah, this makes sense as an R-rated thing. Like, the rental car scene and then, like, the boobs. uh, The boobs all over the ceiling um, driven by the guy who helps Walt and Jesse at the junkyard (laughs) in Breaking Bad. Mm. Um, Also, two Breaking Bad actors show up in this movie. (laughs) Um, but, But, no, like... Just the the transition into doing more like adult centered films and like with the comedy uh, in the, in that comedy spectrum, it's just like he just went all out. It seemed like like this movie had no reason to look as good as it did. Is I guess what I'm saying. Well, I get. I think we're also because there's not a lot of big studio like the, the comedies that like comedy who should be re- used to be released in theaters or like they there were big. You know, we talked about Tropic Thunder you know, on our show and they don't, that the, if you're going to make something like that, you make it for streaming. And I feel like there's, and also I think too, there's been a certain like 
not to say that there wasn't any improvisation on this movie, but like there's definitely like a class of comedy where there's almost too much improvisation. And it's, it's almost like you can tell like that from this, like the direct, from like the editing and the directing style. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's weird, you know, but with this, this movie, I'm so glad that we finally got to this movie. Um, I I think if I'm being completely honest, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. I didn't think so. Cause I was thinking, I'm like, I think I was cause like, I, I, you know, I know you like John Can. I know you like Steve Mar- Martin, John Hughes stuff, and I'm like, is this the kind of movie that Richard is going to enjoy? <laughs> well, because like on one hand, I you know outside of maybe a handful of examples, I've never really cared for holiday movies necessarily. Yeah, you know, um, like again, exa- uh, exceptions are there, but at the end of the day, it's just like there's a something oddly like fakey or like disingenuous about a lot of holiday movies it's like oh it's that time of the year let's let's be happy and it's like or that or on the opposite side of it it's like you know oh let's actually show how grim it is and how blah it is and it's like both of these suck to me (laughs) i hate both of these um but like you know and then you know with john hughes like i hadn't watched a lot like a lot of his movies in a while and i know you know, there are movies of his that I love, but there's definitely aspects of him that maybe have aged a little bit or have, you know, felt differently with a modern context or something. Like Breakfast Club it has aspects of it. They're like, Ooh. Molly Ringwald but, wrote about, like, wrote about that. I remember that, ago. yeah. Because she wrote, I think she watched it with her daughter. Um, you know, I think it's, it's that's worth looking into as well. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just. No, but that's a good point, though. It's yeah. we, let's put, We'll put a link down below to that maybe if you want. Yeah, sure. You know, people want to check that out, but uh, like, there was just there was just so many things that came into play that I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this just because it's a holiday movie and it's gonna probably you know have this certain feel to it. I don't know, and you know, I'm not somebody that really like lets like the general public's feelings on something necessarily uh, affect how I feel about it or how I'm gonna approach something. But there was definitely like, like, oh, this is a classic. Everybody loves this movie. You gotta see this movie, um, but I, I that was probably like the least effective thing that was like playing in my head. Like, oh, everybody loves this, whatever. You know, it was, I'll probably like it too. Who knows? But right. there was just all these other things. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna like it all that much, but we'll see what happens. I was probably more nervous about this than the second one because I've seen the second one a million, our second movie. I mean, a million times. But watching it, I'm like, this movie's insane. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what I loved about it is that it was like part of me wondered if Steve Martin had a handle in the writing in it all, which is when we when we were watching it, I asked you if it was just John Hughes that wrote it or if because a lot of it like I feel like Steve Martin comedies have that sort of zaniness to them. Like, you know, I, when I see the scene when they're uh, skipping between the semi trucks, they turn into skeletons <laughs> and you know, John Candy turns to the devil. Though I feel like that same brand of comedy is also sort of in like the Home Alone movies. I think just a smidge because yeah. I know John John Hughes wrote those. But I was like, did did Steve Martin have like a say in some? Of it? I imagine like both he and John Candy had to have had some say in it from a creative standpoint. But well, when you have great actors like that, you know, yeah. I think you're able to lean into like and lean into their strengths. I mean, I, I remember again like John sing John Candy's 
may rest in peace his praises all day in, oh yeah in this in this movie he is he is remarkable his kind the, the comic timing delivery of of everything like he is definitely like mm-hmm. i'm watching this i'm like i know this guy i know i know <laughs> I, I, I know this person it, like, it is it, yeah. it makes it makes absolute sense why the next movie john hughes directed was just with john canny for uncle buck yeah like like let's spotlight this guy and that makes me curious to watch to check out uncle buck because i know it's a favorite for your family but also after seeing this this uh, one trains automobiles i'm just like yeah i definitely got to see uncle buck at some point <laughs> <laughs> listen it's it's a family favorite to the point where we have a dog in the house you've heard her many times on the show if you've li- if you've been listening um and technically it's my sister's dog but then my sister moved and then um the dog couldn't adapt to her place, so she the dog stayed here. Now my dad takes care of the dog. My dad, like, my dad is the dog's like keeper, caretaker, but I am Uncle Buck to the dog. <laughs> they'll like, they like, like they'll leave the house and they'll bring the dog in my room or something. Like, go see Uncle Buck. <laughs> and when you see the movie, you'll be like, either one of two things. You'll be like, you know, I get it, or you'll be like, really. <laughs> But also a in mixture the, of both. In, in this movie, I know we've said we were like interchangeable, but I'm I definitely saw you as John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where is his where is his you can take this out. Where's his sleep apnea machine? No, but that was so needed, or else he wouldn't have had he wouldn't have had to clear nothing. He would have been fine. <laughs> Dell, what are you doing? You could have. Because I, I know sometimes myself I'm like, I'm not much of a conversationalist. <laughs> You know, it doesn't come back to bite us or anything. <laughs> and I get the stare. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you this guy. Um. <laughs> I will say, you know, we have been lucky that we've been able to, like, not share a bathroom. Because we, we don't have the bathroom situation <laughs> of this movie. The where all you're left with, all you're left with is a little head. No, but but I will say this: that hotel room, motel room, and a- Allison, Mike, and Dom will vouch for this. If they watch this movie. That room was the, our universal, um, our, it was, was our universal room for twenty twenty one. It was almost like verbatim the same thing. We, we weren't even in Wichita. We're just in the middle of Florida. Good grief! I will say I should have showered that day. If I if I was smarter, that, I would have showered. That was also my fault, though. But um, I, 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 I in fairness, though, like I should have anticipated that the room wouldn't have been ready right away. So, um, but this movie, I think, it, it's just relatable on so on so many levels. As as we've illustrated, as we've illustrated, one hundred ten percent. But also, generally, like the the feelings the holiday season brings up. You know, like mm-hmm. with John John Candy, obviously, he's a, he's a widower in the movie. That was just, heartbreaking to learn, and, and but like you know, but you know, you know that this reveal is coming because you're just you're like you have somebody at home, right? Yeah, I, I, love doesn't begin to describe the word, and I'm just like that. I'm like, oof, you know. Mm. Uh, I I it, remember you audibly made a noise. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I was thinking, like, I was at first because I was I thought like does he find did he find that too cheesy or something like is he, was he not happy with that? But now I'm like. He knew. He I, knew. I, because 
I I didn't I'll admit I didn't clock it immediately, but like when he was sitting in the car, that's when I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I guess because too like I think about my mom too, just like you know the holidays is like she likes them, but it's also like that's when you really also notice your your person is not you're missing someone, yeah, you know, and like he says like "Uh, I've lost it's been eight years and I'm just like oh no. And then he's got the frame, he's got the picture frame of her, and I'm yeah. like, good. Like, but again, there's all these things, like the anxieties of like celebrating the holidays alone, the anxiety of trying to get to where you need to be in the holidays, making sure your transport, like things that are out of your control. But you also, know. family isn't just relegated to blood relatives. Right. Yes. Because... Del Griffith is as much a member of the Page family at that point when he walks through that door as anyone else in that house. He's welcome with open arms. You get that beautiful freeze frame at the end, which uh, there's another one in Uncle Buck, like the movie ends on a freeze frame with with uh, Uncle Buck's character and John Candy giving that uh, lovely, heartwarming smile that he had. I mean... I, I hope you... We'll have to get to that movie sooner rather we, than later, we, we honestly. Got, but. We, even if we do it as a special presentation, Uncle yeah. Buck, it, it gets its uh, own... Oh. Uh, <laughs> T, uh, Tina, my mom, will have to like appear on that one briefly because I would feel guilty if I didn't say, hey, could you come in here a second? Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it, this is just a great movie. If you haven't seen it already, it's like... Have you seen it? Have, have you seen have, this? If you... If you <laughs> You know, what is your you what watch your, it? What let I know this is the first half of the episode, but let us know your favorite joke from this movie or favorite moment. Um, mm-hmm. it's, so, it's, it's 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 a so it's many. a combination of things. So <laughs> it's hard to make. Or if you've seen the del- all the deleted scenes, what's your favorite deleted joke? Um, yes, because in the deleted scenes, John Candy's a terrible tipper. Um, <laughs> no, that's why well, it's a good they deleted it. So now he's not a terrible tip. Now, now he's not. It's not canon anymore, guys. It's not. Yes, it was on the cutting room floor. It doesn't matter. Now we go from something that is mistaken as a Christmas movie to something <laughs> that is uh, that is mistaken as a Thanksgiving movie. Even though there's it's a, a summer, summer movie, <laughs> there's a summer movie. Stay tuned. Da-na-na-na. Welcome back. Wait. What are you doing? Are you ready? Quit playing with your balls. Come on. I do not play with balls. (laughs) (laughs) And scene. So yeah. this is this will be my favorite part to listen back to, like every episode where this happens, where like it's just me giggling, and I know you're just staring at me. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like those memes. Oh, oh, you you can't you can't see you can't hear uh images, or you can't you can't see you can't see sound, 
Richard knows what's what's going down when the silence is is going on. <laughs> I am aware. <laughs> I am hyper aware. Uh, but no, quit playing with your balls. We got an episode to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had. I don't mean to call you out, but I mean, come on, this is it's important. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. Well, um, so we talked about planes, trains, and automobiles, part one. Now there are Thanksgiving things out there. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. There's that stuff, but especially over the last couple of years, there is one movie with one scene that gets. Ta- I, I see every Thanksgiving of the last couple of Thanksgivings, mm-hmm. and this movie it takes place at a summer camp. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do I am I doing this one as well? Do you want to? I, I figure that's what you were leaning towards. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Stretch out a little bit. Get those snaps in there. <laughs> Folks, everyone, we talked about a Thanksgiving movie, though more general holiday movie, but now we are talking about a movie that because of one scene, even though this is set in summertime, like this, this transcends movies that are considered holiday movies because it's set during Christmas. This transcends Die Hard or Batman Returns or whatever else we've talked to on the show because this is the ultimate because it has this moment it makes it a Thanksgiving movie we are talking about the 1993 Barry Sonnenfeld directed sequel Adam's Family Values neat sweet <laughs> You know, Um, you know, this family, they're, they're creepy. They're kooky. You know, they're all together ooky, really. The Adams family. (laughs) (laughs) See, see, this is, this is where I come in and say, I was always more of a Munsters kid. And this is, this is where I come in and say, same and then surprise you when I say that. <laughs> See? Look look at look at his face. Well you can't, but pretend. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So here's the thing. Like Okay. Adam's family in relation to that Adam's family, I never watched the show. I never like read the comic strips or whatever else Charles Adams made. Um I watched the Barry Sonnenfeld films. I did. I grew up with those. I grew up with the first one. I grew up with this one. Um, but uh, I most, as far as like old TV shows with creepy families is concerned, I definitely grew up with the monsters. Like interesting. My my parents like same same like you know I've I've mentioned this kind of stuff in the past before. Like my parents would just watch whatever they wanted, and now if I was there, I would watch it as well. So they would watch a lot of their favorite shows that they were watching when they were younger um, that would show up on TV Land or Late Night, Nick at Night, you know. TV Land. Now I can't watch it because stuff that I grew up with is on there, and I'm like, nope, nope, (laughs) nope. 
<laughs> but um but no like i one of those shows was the monsters and so i'd watch that all the time um so i feel like i have more of a connection with the monsters just as like the actual original thing more so than like adam's family whereas most of my connection with that are these movies you know it's funny because I've a bit I've I've never watched the original Adams Family show. Yeah, and I I've been wanting to, and I was at Best Buy a while ago, and they had the DVD complete DVD set, but both sets they had the discs were loose. Oh, gross. Yeah, um, I no, own that's not acceptable. Mon- I own the Monsters on DVD, though. I thought I could be wrong. I thought I heard somewhere that they're putting them on Blu-ray at some point. Is it like um, a like a boutique label's doing it, like a shout factory? If anything, it would be Kino because Kino, Kino Kino would handle something. Like because Kino did all of the Night Gallery, they did, and obviously they got the Columbo set coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I had to guess anybody, Kino or the, you know, because Monsters, I think they, I think whoever owns the rights to Monsters, they're like, okay, the the, the bean counters are like, all right, somebody's gonna buy this. You know, listen, cause yeah. believe it or not, people do buy this stuff. You know, yeah. uh, but I actually, that's what I've been using my Peacock subscription for a lot is just watching the monsters. That's like my rotation of things that I watch at night to fall asleep to is the monsters monster quest that used to be on history channel and Alf. I believe every word of that. Like, yeah. that's my kind of TV. Like people are like, have you watched the exquisite new Netflix? Fuck no. No, I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> The aggression in the response. I am watching Herman Munster, uh, uh, like just be a guy, be a guy, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> you know what? I watched a movie recently with Herman Munster in it, with uh, what's it? Fred Gwynn, the actor that plays him. Yes, Fred Gwynn. No. Yes, yeah, he was in uh, Pet Cemetery. Listen, I, I know we're talking about Adam's family, but Fred Gwynn was so good um, in in um, the Monsters. Like he is fantastic. Actually, on another w- tangent, one of my first Funko Pops was Herman Monster because <laughs> <laughs> oh they didn't God. have the they didn't have the Universal Monsters out as pops yet. So a good like Plan B for Frankenstein. Like I have him up with. Um, with man with man thing and the were- werewolf by night and Krampus and Herman Munster is just chilling out. I like I like to think that's Joey's own personal Universal monsters. That it's is Herman Munster, Man Thing, the Werewolf by Night, and Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but the the Adams family, like the first one, was very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, very on successful. The, I do yeah. not to cut you off. I do want to ask, what was your first uh, experience with anything Adams Family? Was it the movies like me, or was it something else? Do you remember the? There was like a cartoon. Do you remember the cartoon? Scooby Doo crossover. The, the, I think it was the Scooby Doo mm-hmm. crossover. Yes. Yeah. I, I that do remember was, that. That was my first exposure to Adams Family. It was that, and then um, I mean, I, for me, it was the movies. But I do remember that being a thing. That was like something like whenever they showed the like theme song or whatever for the like collaboration stuff, like Scooby Doo meets so and so, like Scooby Doo meets the Three Stooges, Scooby Doo meets Harlem, Batman and Robin, Harlem, Harlem Globetrotters. Globetrotters. Um, 
they did have like a meets Adam's family, and I think they got the cast from the sh- the original show to voice the Adam the Adam's family for that one. Because I always remember the designs being so distinct. I think that's what it what really was was like so memorable to me. But I, I also remember, it... yeah. No, you go ahead. You go. Because I was also um, the other thing was I do my other only connection to the movies as a kid. My AMC theater, which is used to be a Lowe's had a lot of just, like, posters from, like, the 90s, 80s and 90s there. Like, there was, like, an old Roger Rabbit poster. There was that old, weird Beauty and the Beast teaser poster where the Beast was a fucking cloud. And then oh, Belle yeah. had, like, a purple dress. And, and there's, like, like, a... Ah! The Beast looks like he's freaking Galactus from Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, um, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At least um, he wasn't Parallax from Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, a piece but, of shit. But one of the other posters... <laughs> One of the posters I remember is the the poster for the first Adams Family, um, first Barry Sonnenfeld directed Adams Family. I love that poster, honestly. Yeah, it, it's it's a great poster. And it's like one of those things, like, because I, I have the Letterbox patron, so I can change my posters. It's one of those where I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and I'm bummed, too, because, like, they released, uh, Paramount released the first Adams Family um, on, like, 4K and Blu-ray, like a remastered, or the more Mamushka version, as it's called. Because um, okay. there's that there's that scene in the first one where uh, Fester dances the mamushka, which is like an Adams yep. family tradition. And so in the the new version that came out, um, they have like an extended version of that. But the the cover art is kind of boring. You know, you kind of like there's part of me that because like I look at like Paramount's screen release and they put the original like poster on there and it's fucking beautiful. The way yep. that they did that, so right. it's kind of a bummer that you know the they didn't give the same treatment to Adam's family. But you know, I'm glad that they did. That the disc is still good, but I'm just it, it would have been nicer. That's why I'm appreciative of like 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 the boutique labels where they're like they'll give you a new option and they give you the the old poster, like classic, like in reverse. Yeah, yeah. Like I had like with like like flash gordon being a big example like i have the sleeve obviously is the new ver- the new poster but then i have when you open it up it's the it's the classic it's the classic flash gordon uh that's nice poster. gomez morticia i was trying to do the flash anyway do you take fester as your husband of the hour for the hour yes just thing doing sign language and it's dive <laughs> 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 oh man but yeah this like the first adams family was a huge it made almost 200 million dollars on a 30 million dollar budget which is mm-hmm. really good really really good stuff yeah. and it's also worth noting i think too like barry sonnenfeld i don't i don't know what his like directorial debut was well, i don't know if it was that one but um he was also mostly known as a cinematographer because he did like the cinematography uh for uh I think Blood Simple was like one of the big ones, and he was actually like a big like advertising proponent when Criterion released the the Blu-ray, which is also getting a 4K later this year. Interestingly enough, like I'm on Wikipedia, his first directorial movie, The Adams Family. There you go. As as because so, it says like director producer, or like for like it's like the column and like the first one mm-hmm. is, is is The Adams Family. And then he would go on to make like the Men in Black movies, which yeah. were a big deal. Um, I still love that first one to pieces. I love that first Men in Black movie. Um, uh, he directed. He did Wild Wild West. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Giant yeah. spider. Um he did that did, wasn't there like a cat movie with the disgrace Kevin Spacey in it? Oh yeah, well there's nine lives you're ta- you're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Good old nine lives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he also uh in recent years he did an amazing uh adaptation of uh, series of uh, series of unfortunate events with Netflix, and shout out to Allison. He uh, did Schmigadoon. Yes. So I like Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon's good. I haven't watched second season though, but I gotta watch it. Yeah, you got it. Season two is really fun. Yeah, I gotta. But I loved this first season, and um, I really liked the lemony snickets that he did like i like the jim carrey movie as well but i i think i like the netflix show a little bit just a smidge more i haven't watched all of the netflix one but i did like what i what i saw of it um, yeah it was it was a lot of fun like i'm not normally somebody who's like into like the the young adult i don't know if i'm mm-hmm. like the young adult like novel adaptation but i had fun i had fun watching um watching that show. yeah so uh it's it's definitely like i feel like Barry Sonnenfeld is one of those like directors. It's interesting to kind of see his filmography and like where he, where he started, where he's gone. Um, and I I think though like if I was gonna think of like my favorite movies he's done, I usually tend to latch onto the Adams Family ones. So, um, I guess that's just where I was leading with that. I don't know. <laughs> but he's an interesting filmmaker. Um. But but then you have but obviously the first one does very good business so obviously you got to make a sequel and that's what that's what Stu says going back to scream because <laughs> face it baby these days you gotta have a sequel I mean you know and uh, that sequels Adam's family values a uh, lot of stuff's going on there's a baby the, the, pubert the, the, pubert mortician gave birth to pubert. Okay, <laughs> I, I love that she just goes, Gomez, Caramia, I'm having a baby, right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Are you in pain?" We. Oui. <laughs> the be- the best is when is when they offer her uh, a- anesthesia, and she goes, "No, thank you. Offer it to the kids." <laughs> <laughs> like, but see if the children want some. Also. <laughs> The random, like, small, like, cameos, like, like David Hyde Pierce is in this as the doctor. Tony mm-hmm. Shalhoub is a sailor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, these guys, like, uh, they weren't, like, huge actors, I guess, at the time, but, like, they were pretty big, like, TV actors. Um, um, especially David Hyde Pierce with Frasier, but it's just kind of funny that you just see him in the background, like, oh, hey. Yeah. But now the, the Adams family, you have three kids, you have, obviously, you have uh, Wednesday Pugsley and Pubert. Pubert! Um, <laughs> he's got a little mustache. He's got a little mustache. It's great, and his his makeup is obvious, but that's fine. That's um, fine. Uh, but obviously, you need you need a nanny at this point, and in comes yeah. in Debbie, Debbie, Joan Cusack, um, and Fester <laughs> is clearly just like Gaga, absolutely yes. like <gasps> Debbie. Wow, what if I ask her out? What if she says no? What if she says yes? <laughs> Literally, like every every line Christopher Lloyd says is like laugh worthy. <laughs> Honestly, like I I when I rewatched the first one, I was like, what sells this movie is the cast. Yes, 
And for sure. that's 110% the same this time around. Like, everybody... We have a lot of returnees in this cast as well. Like, Jelica Houston, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Joan Cusack, Christina Ricci. Um, so, uh, Krumholtz. Carl Strecken. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, we, we've got, a, like, a whole slew of wonderful performers in this. But I think it's just the level of commitment each of them give. It's absolutely like 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 Christopher Lloyd every every like every single time he's on screen he he's it's like when we when Barbie came out and we we're like every time Ryan Gosling shows up it's the funniest thing ever <laughs> like like the lines that they I don't know if some of it was improvised or or what was written but everything he says is hysterical <laughs> or like or like like uh like he's like uh Joan Cusack's like seducing him and having like an intimate moment so that you know because she's a black widow like steal your money after marriage sort of thing she's like let's make the ultimate sacrifice a goat (laughs) 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 like even like that's one of my favorite things about these movies is just how like dark (laughs) their responses are to like the most the most like good-natured questioning (laughs) it's just like uh look at this look at this lady killer and uh, um uh, acquitted (laughs) acquitted (laughs) Acquitted. (laughs) Or like, um, like, like, what about, what about her? Oh, Wednesdays at that age where all she's thinking about is one thing, boys, homicide. <laughs> I, I loved it when they were having like, 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 uh, the party, the, the sort of the bachelor party, uh, <laughs> with the cake. The cake. And, <laughs> and he goes, Lurch, don't tell me you, ba- you baked the cake. <laughs> did, you, did you put her in there before you baked? Say lovey, <laughs> say lovey, <laughs> and we're both just like, wow, Gomez is is not a lady killer, but he definitely, so he's definitely manslaughter's uh, uh, in there an ex- for sure. An accessory, to accessory a to manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but but, but Joan Cusack in this movie, Debbie, okay. She obviously she is a gold digger of the highest order. She, gold digger, the the evil bride that kills Black the husband. Widow. Black widow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's done this multiple times. Fester is her next victim. Uh and she so she separates some of the family and in in this process she tells <laughs> Morticia and Gomez to send Pugsley and Wednesday to summer camp. <laughs> And I love the the build up is so funny. It's like they really want to do it, but they didn't want to say anything because they thought you would judge them. It's horrible. It's wretched. Summer camp. <laughs> but what I but you know what I also because like sometimes you can be like oh what, what big idiots they are too. But at the same time, I like that like despite the like morbid nature, they're willing to trust people. They're like, it, like that's the thing. They're so like well intentioned and good natured, for the most yeah. part, for how like macabre they are. Like, yes. like I feel like the this is probably why so many people have latched onto the Adams family because like they're sort of this like example of we are dark and disturbing to everybody else, but we're so accepting of who we are and other people yeah. that we don't give a shit. 
Yes. Like we're not we're not we're not judgmental. We're not like you know like like Debbie walks in and she looks like she belongs in like a J.C. Penny calendar from like 1995. Yes. And at no point are they like, oh, what is this? Like the things that they're disgusted by are like sort of like nice things, but it's not it's not in any way, shape, or form like you know ew to the person. It's like they're wa- like they're at the summer camp and and Gomez is like. Fresh air, the scent of pine, and then he gives Pugsley a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's just that yeah, that sense of humor is. Just, but also too, I love like when 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 Pubert is bored, like is it a boy? Is it a girl? It's an Adams. <laughs> like, Da-na-na-na! Amazing. <laughs> like it's a, it works as a joke, but it's just like who cares? There's a baby. It's- it doesn't. It doesn't matter. And then we meet the baby, and it's it's got a mustache already. <laughs> uh, but I was also pointing out this just because they, there's a, a couple se- there's scenes where they're like you know Pugsley and Wednesday are playing 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 with with, with Pubert, and they have a guillotine. And I was saying to Richard, the guillotine was only outlawed for less than twenty years by this point. <laughs> That's the messed up thing. <laughs> Though, like, what's great, too, is you know Puberts and Adams when, like, they try to chop his head off and he just catches it. He catches the thing. He yes. catches the thing. Or I, I love when they're like, the cannonball is heavier than the baby, but who would bounce? The baby? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> they're standing on the top of their house and they just <laughs> drop both, like, no question, and then the dad catches catches pubert uh gomez is like Get me out! <laughs> we need a nanny oh man um but like a lot so a lot of the movie is sort of like s- split between you know the kids at camp you have uh fester and debbie of course like like the driving force of the like story is debbie comes in and like is trying to separate fester from the Adams family yeah. and marry him and then effectively kill him so she can take what he's worth, even though she quickly learns Fester is like a cartoon. He can't die. <laughs> he, she electrocutes him. She, she blows him up. <laughs> Nothing works. <laughs> she literally has to just drop down, pull out a fucking desert eagle. <laughs> just like, hold it right there. <laughs> Like, like F- Fester is like the the more the goofy version of Ricky O. I was watching the st- the Ricky O story of Ricky, and he is like the scariest guy. Like nothing stops him. I was gonna go with Wiley Coyote. <laughs> just how often Acme products just fail him? Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but now he has to deal with Warner Brothers. He has to deal with Warner Brothers. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> There's so many, um, like, I, I love what he, what he's just like, you know, I know, I know you didn't mean, I know you didn't mean it. <laughs> it was an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, how, but it was also kind of sad, like, like, they, like, come to visit in the house, and he's just, like, in a corner, <gasps> and Debbie's, like, seducing him, she's, like, she's, like, rubbing her chest, and, <laughs> and he's, like, she's, like, do you want to talk to your family? Go away! <laughs> <laughs> that is not my brother! Or no, I love when Morticia's like, you know, you've manipulated him <laughs> with sex. I can respect that. I can forgive that. But really, Debbie, 
pastels. <laughs> and then she's like, get out! Oh my god. Can we also appreciate how the way they light Angelica Houston in like every scene as Mark Every <laughs> scene. It's, it's like the same exact Perfect. <laughs> oh my god. It's it's like she's perpetually in like a like a film noir movie. Yes. <laughs> Like even when she's like being hauled away in the at the beginning of the movie to give birth, and she's just still, and the light it's over her eyes. But oui. she's got like the the best chemistry. Like Raul Julia, I just want to talk about him for a sec, like a second. Oh my god, he's fan- so good, fantastic. Um, and he's also an actor whose face I I've basically been familiar with my whole life because, uh, I might have talked about this place in an episode. Uh, there's a used to be mm. a chain, so not sort of a chain. It was a couple restaurants called the Broadway Grill, with a bunch of Broadway posters and such. And I was exposed to a lot of like stuff like Phantom, Cats, Lame Is, right. things like that. One of the posters I remembered the most vividly was a poster for a revival of Three Penny Opera at Lincoln Center, and whose face is, is giant and and has a bowler hat and a mustache, Raul Julia's face because he was Mac the Knife. Uh, in what a wonderful face it is! What a wonderful face! And also, I was saying this too. He played Dracula on the stage. He played, you know, he was Don Quixote, Man of La Mancha on the stage. Like, man, it's one of those things where, like, I, I would have loved to have, I would love to have a time machine to see those some of those performances. Um, it was truly so. Incredible. It was heart. It was heartbreaking to learn, like, as a kid, because he died like only some time after like the second Adams family the second Adams family was his, the last movie of his released during his lifetime yeah and like because I loved him so much in the movies and then it's like oh I want to see what other I want to see him in more stuff and then you realize oh wait like the same thing kind of happened with Chris Farley a little bit because like you know we grew up with I grew up with Tommy Boy and a couple of those like other movies he did and then obviously you're like oh I would love to see him in more movies nope so obviously a massive like rest in peace to Raul Julia. Obviously, like he he is like I know we've had a lot of Gomez's over the course of the years. You know we had um, recently we had like Oscar Isaac in the animation, and then um, uh, Luis Guzman yes. uh, in the Netflix show, the Tim Burton show, um, and uh, I think Tim Curry was Gomez on the in like at one point. In one of the adaptations, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> like, like the, the like nothing against any of those actors. They've all like I think they all did a solid and job. John but... Aston, <laughs> uh... and John the classic John Aston Riddler, um, <laughs> or at least you know Frank Gorshin than him. But uh, like Raul Julia's, that's Gomez to me. Yeah, that's yeah, like for sure. It's like you know, it's like everybody has their their whatever they're spider-man or whatever it's like my gomez adams it's raul julia yes and same thing even with uh angelica houston as morticia like wow <laughs> like is that those two together there's a reason why on twitter like every every month or so i see someone go raul julia angelica houston that's that's what i want <laughs> yes and you're like i get it because <laughs> that's love yeah like we were watching, there's a scene in the movie where they have this like elaborate dance sequence, as they you know had in both these movies, and uh, it was very reminiscent of the the incredibly sexy dance sequence uh, with 
Antonio Banderas and future Morticia, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones in Mask of Zorro, but then also, like, it was kind of zany, like, like sort of the mask uh, scene, like the dancing with the mask and uh, Cameron Diaz character. Uh, Tina Carlisle. And uh, that scene was just so fun, but also, like, you just felt the chemistry. Yeah. Like... Like every every time you see those two interact, you're just like, wow! Like yes. it's but also like even the kids, like Pugsley and went like Christina Ricci. I I don't know the actor's name unfortunately that plays Pugsley, so you have to remind me. Yeah, I'll do that in a second. Uh, Jimmy Workman, very good. Both yes. of them, like epitome of of that role. Though I I mean again. I know these days people are probably know Jenna Ortega more as Wednesday, but you know, and Christina Ricci is in that show too, which is fun. Yeah, but um, uh, that's my Wednesday is Christina Ricci. Yeah, yeah, nothing against Jenna Ortega; she was great in that show, but still, <laughs> my Wednesday. Um, but I mean that because the, the, they're in the summer camp, which is kind of hysterical because it's like feels like this <laughs> ultra white ultra like you know oh it's so fun <laughs> i love when they get stuck in the harmony hut and they're watching disney movies they're watching annie <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> the brady bunch sound of music mm-hmm. anything that paramount has the rights to <laughs> I love after she's like i want to smile <laughs> <laughs> that's oh my god that scene when she like smiles that's actually kind of scary like I'm not <laughs> she, gonna lie. she does such a great job you're just like oh my god <laughs> um but but we i think on speaking of the summer camp we do have to talk about the reason this is on this episode to begin with well there's the thanksgiving they have a little thanksgiving like play in the middle little of- pageant little thanksgiving yeah. pageant in the middle of summer which okay i guess <laughs> the the camp counselors were really adamant about it they're really into it for some reason i don't know um but it, it's july and they're like hey let's dress them as pilgrims and native americans and some of the kids will be food and that's already that's just so bad as kids are like singing about being dead as, as turkeys eat me <laughs> i have a turkey Kill me. <laughs> um, and then, like, there's so there, there's gonna be like the, th- the first Thanksgiving thing, which, and you have like the typical like, oh boy, we invite these people, but it's like all, all some derogatory, like like calling you know indigenous people primitive and savage, and then yeah, and they're like, we have last names and books. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then Wednesday goes on this whole thing uh, about <laughs> it's like. Cl- <laughs> colonial like we're gonna burn this place down it's just like oh my this is kind of an exciting like kind of an exciting sequence um sequence of events but i love one of my fa- one of our favorite lines it was just such a goofy line because uh i think it's da- david crumholtz's parents like parents <laughs> in the movie say like he there's like we pay twenty thousand dollars for summer camp to for him to play mr woo woo <laughs> Oh, that was that was really funny. And then, of course, uh, 
he gets to have revenge and he pulls the he pulls the lever they fall over they fall over oh my gosh yeah but like the reason like obviously the reason that gets shared every thanksgiving is because like especially these days when people talk about thanksgiving they talk about like the actual history yeah because like you know we have like the general history that you know we were taught when we were younger for the most part where it's like oh you know like like the pilgrims and the native americans they came together you know it was a it was a bonding moment and then you know that's kind of it and then it's like well no there's a little more to it (laughs) yeah there's a lot more to it also especially worthy of note too because we also just had killers of the flower moon uh release this mm -hmm. this fall you know um but like that, that but I feel like for a lot of especially like our generation or slightly you know older or whatever like that was like the first like maybe one of, for some people their first exposure like oh maybe Thanksgiving is like problematic on some because <laughs> it, it's actually kind of yeah. amazing for a movie that is a mainstream like a mainstream kind a of movie, mainstream like, yeah to 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 be like like that aggressive about it but like also, to actually like lean into it yeah and also for the rest of the movie be so macabre too like. <laughs> it, it, it got it got to do both, like like you, you got your cake and you ate it too, and then yeah. you put the camp counselors in a rotisserie. <laughs> like you you stand there and you're like white people suck, and then you put them in the rotisserie. Oh my gosh, you have one person at the stake. It's like we hit at the stake. It's like oh my gosh, they shot flaming arrows at the camp counselors. Oh they, my they, gosh. Like the like the like the sort of uh, exclamation mark at the end of the sentence was when they tied up, what's her face like the bratty, privileged, yeah, you know, kid and uh, she's got an apple in her mouth and the, the one kid in a wheelchair is just like r- wheeling roping around, her roping her up. And then Wednesday walks towards her, <laughs> matches da 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 da. Um, but I also love that speaking of like that, like insanity, that pubert is like the reason like Joe Crawford turned to ash <laughs> or Joan Cusack. Mean, here's Joe Cusack. Crawford. <laughs> what? What Joe, happened? Joe Cusack. <laughs> I, that was a oh landmine that I almost fell into a couple times, but I fell, finally fell into it. It's okay. At one point they, that we were told it's Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> So you could have just went with that. It would have been, yeah. yeah but like jo- Joan Cusack gets gets zapped, gets zapped into dust. But in this um, whole like you know whole like mousetrap, uh, Rube Goldberg like esque <laughs> like bowling ball hits the floor thing hits this. The my favorite part though is um, when Puber is making his way like in in a in a sort of Rube Goldberg way to the to the basement or wherever they're at uh he lands on like one end of a piece of wood and then a cannonball lands on the other and he's shot all the way to the like this airplane and on the plane happens to be like the parents and the like bratty girl from the summer camp and you just see him going (laughs) 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 it's it's the most adorable but the funniest thing ever just (laughs) It it was really funny um, but Pubert saved the day. Pubert's a fucking hero. Pubert's a hero, but also Pubert got blonde hair briefly in this movie. <laughs> he, he was he was rough. He almost had dimples. He, he almost became a normie. 
as we call him. No. <laughs> like at one point, it's like, he could end up a lawyer, <laughs> an orthodontist, president. president. <laughs> that's what Lurch was like. Ugh. Yeah, even Lurch is just like, oof. Oh, we can't have that. <laughs> I almost wish that Pubert Adams became president of the United States. <laughs> we would probably be more tolerant and accepting of things. <laughs> That's just, uh, like, we have this incredibly goth president, but it's like the best president we've ever had. Can we also appreciate uh, Baby What? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, cousin It. So this is sort of like, uh, I don't know if you remember in the first movie, but... Um, there's, I forget the actor's name, but he's, he's actually the like main actor in Blood Simple. So that's, I imagine that might be where it came in, but he's, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Please. Yeah. Joey's, Joey's finding it. Main guy in Blood Simple. You're saying main guy in Blood Simple. Yeah. He's also like, he also plays uh, Richard Nixon and Dick, which has uh, Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst. John Getz? Maybe? What's he look like? Does he have curly hair? Kind of like, looks angry? <laughs> Hold on. You know what? Here, I'll do it. I'll look it up. Oh, no. Uh, Dan H- Hedea. Dan Hedea? Yeah. Because okay. I-, I look, when it was a blood simple, I like the first. Anyway. Um... So, yeah. So, in the first movie. Um, him and his wife uh, work for the the Adams family, and at one point, his wife, because uh, he's he's kind of like a bad guy in the movie in a way. His wife like uh, ends up like ha- like flirting with cousin It at one point, because initially she's like oh, but then she's kind of like oh, <laughs> like she's kind of taken, but like you know, hey, cousin It's handsome. Yes. So I'm just saying. Um, and so then eventually, uh, I guess they end up becoming a thing at the end of the movie. And so this is kind of like connected to that a little bit. And mm-hmm. so, cause we don't, we don't really see cousin it that much in this one. He, he, he is the officiant at Fester's wedding, but also he's like part of the bachelor party. <laughs> yes. But we do, we, we do, we do get to see that, uh, uh, we get, uh, uh, baby what, um, who's literally just. A small cousin it with a pacifier and it's beautiful it's genuinely adorable <laughs> we don't need big sad eyes all the time just took a lump of hair that's well that's pacifier. well and a pacifier well combed hair doesn't have to be yes. like crazy and mm. it's just it's just wonderful um before we for, like forget david crumholtz is in this movie yes we gotta get listen crumholtz david crumholtz you know he he's a big part of my childhood, you know. This he was uh, Bernard in Sa- in the Santa Claus, which yeah, I don't know if I'm ever gonna watch those movies again. But I can't say that they didn't affect me at some point. Like you know, I grew up because I me- those early Tim I Allen me- movies. Because I remember like when they do were doing the series, there was like an initial like thing that he wasn't in them, and then he shows I- up randomly. Yeah, I think I've never watched the show, but I've seen him in like commercials. Because I remember people talking about that, and I'm like. How do you not have Bert, Bert, how do you not have him? Like, 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 like he's he's like an essential character of that whole franchise. It's like good grief. I'd rather have Crumholtz than Tim Allen. Exactly. Like give yeah. me David Crumholtz. I don't need Tim Allen. 
Yeah. Like his yeah. Buzz Lightyear is enough, okay? <laughs> we could just, just call it quits now <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, um, no, that's fair. But no, uh, like like David Crumholtz, like he's had a like he's he's like shown up in so many things. Like he was in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Like the one line I'll always remember is um like because Harold and Kumar their whole thing is they're trying to get to White Castles because they're hungry and um. Their be- one of their best friends is David Crumholtz and another guy, I think one of the guys from American Pie, and their whole thing is that they're watching, um, it's, what the hell's the movie called? It's, it's a Sam Raimi movie that's got, like, um, Keanu Reeves and Katie Holmes in it or whatever, but they're excited because Katie Holmes is, like, topless in it or whatever. And and so they run into him at one point, and they're like, "Hey, how was Katie Holmes?" And 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 David Crumholtz is like, "Do you remember the Holocaust?" Yeah. M- imagine the exact opposite of that. <laughs> and it's, that's that line just stuck with me for a long time. I'm like, "Wow." Yeah. So, but you know what? Hey, good job. <laughs> no, he he's good. He's good here. Like, it's actually kind of cool because, like, sometimes, like, you know, as you get older, like people are like oh man i have to watch this scene with like the kids but like they do a good job like obviously especially oh, yeah. Christina ricci is a big part of why I, it works so well but i i love i love that um christina like wednesday and i think the kid's name is joel joel yeah joel um who that's who david crumholtz plays like i love that like wednesday gets like a love interest but it's like it just makes sense and then mm. like that it's sort of that amazing moment at the end of the movie when um uh when David Crumholtz is like kind of like doing the fester thing like you know what if you found what if you met someone who's wants to be a slave for you like wants to devote his time to you and and Wednesday's like I pity him and he's like oh okay <laughs> and she then she's like well I mean would you ever like like try to kill your husband and she, and, and she's like I uh I would do a good job at it because I would scare him to death and he's like. Oh, and then like he like reaches to put like flowers on Debbie's grave, and then a hand pops out. And on one hand, it's terrifying, and he's screaming, but Wednesday's smiling, and you're almost like, "Aw!" <laughs> like like in an, in Adam's family language, that's the most loving thing she could have done for him. Um, but I think it's interesting, like looking like the Adams family is like a surprisingly like lucrative like franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, series of things because it's been it's obviously started out as, a, as like the you know Charles Adams stri- comic strip multiple TV shows obviously Wednesday is like one of the biggest things mm-hmm. on the planet I watched it it was fun um, I have not watched it I only know like the, <laughs> the dance thing you and I re- reference uh, yeah is that from your television program <laughs> Thursday, Thursday Jones, Jones. <laughs> I don't even know the reference. <laughs> or like, or like the the TikTok craze, like the dance with, with became like a TikTok dance with Lady Gaga. With my hands, hands, hands. <laughs> Even though the song they play in the show is uh, the Cramps, not, or yeah, yeah. Oh, when the sun goes down and the moon comes out, na 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 na. That's a and good song, actually. Also, but there's also an Adams Family musical. Um, oh, there and- is. Yes, there is. I didn't even know that. Um, it was on Broadway. I think it was on Broadway or off Broadway for a period of time, and then I know locally they had a lo- local production of it. But also there is the animated, the recent anime Adams Family. Yeah, which we, there's you know, two of them. 
There was two. I haven't seen the second one yet. Neither, um, neither have I. But you know, it's just I think there there is some. There's just something so appealing about about this about this family. There there's these weirdos who are totally perfectly okay with with who they are. And they're perfectly fine people. They're just morbid. <laughs> they're, a little, a little <laughs> they're just very morbid, but like honestly, there's 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 something to love about them, and there's something to admire about them. Yeah, you know, like there's again, there's a reason why I think people latch on to them is because they are creepy, kooky, ooky, whatever you want to call them. But that's how they want to be, and that's they're happy. You know. Yes. And um, it's sad because yeah. obviously we're we're so judgmental as a as a, as a people. Is it, yeah, that's true. But I I think again, like even though this is technical, it was only one Thanksgiving like scene. It, the movie deals with the importance of family, and that family, and that's important for Thanksgiving. And honestly, I think the, it, this is a a fun pairing of of movies. Um, cause again, the one is almost lumped in as a Christmas movie and sort of given the holiday planes, trains, automobiles, given the holiday, the holiday treatment sort of treatment. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Adam's family values has the one scene that is very much like a takedown of Thanksgiving <laughs> and the rest of it is not that it's, it's, it's so strange, but like, I'll admit I was definitely one of those people that like on Facebook would share it and be like. This makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, I have no judgment against those people. It, it's just it's just a funny <laughs> thing. Like the last couple of years I just see people like, yep, they shared this every year. It's 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 tradition now, and so we want to honor that tradition by spotlighting this this movie. Um it's 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 so funny. I love this movie. I still I love the first movie. Um like for me, like this is the Adams family. Yeah. And like I I, I I need to watch the animated ones again to see how I feel about them because I've only seen the first one like once, um and you know I, I the the Wednesday show is fine, you know it's it's kind of like it's got that like young adult like YA novel vibe to it which you know is fine. Jenna Ortega is fantastic, but um you know I would have liked to see because because that is something like in, admittedly I was thinking about a lot growing up with this movie. It's like this is like a Tim Burton movie without Tim Burton. <laughs> but (laughs) yeah like it's but like at the same time it's like i don't imagine tim burton could have done a better job than this oddly yeah it's almost in some ways it almost feels like the best movie that he never directed (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like because like because again there's there's so much about even the music almost feels tim burton even though it's not even Danny Elfman. Though funny enough, I think Caroline Thompson was a co-writer on the first Adam's Family movie, and she did Edward Sister Hands and uh, At Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas, and was like a collaborator in those early days until she was like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't have uh, the villain that's the boogeyman named what you named him." <laughs> and then I don't think she collaborated with them much after, or maybe she did. I don't remember, but I can I can imagine that being like a a sticking point a little bit. Not to bring that up, but, you know, hey. <laughs> Future Joe here. Richard uh, actually researched this a bit more, and it's actually the last thing uh, they worked on with Tim Burton was Corpse Bride. But thanks, Thanksgiving, folks, uh, what are your traditions? for? If you do celebrate, what are your traditions for this holiday? What are some uh, movies that you guys watch at Thanksgiving? It doesn't even have to yeah. be these, but like, what are some other ones? Because honestly, I'm blanking on what other Thanksgiving movies there are. I mean, I know for me, like, 
King, I watch King Kong on Thanksgiving, and but that's like every know. that's like every day. <laughs> I actually haven't watched it in a hot second, admittedly. That's well. On one hand, it surprises me, but I know you're like you're you're watching a bunch of stuff. So I'm trying to watch different things. Your uh, schedule is booked. I, I, my schedule is booked, but I got to watch King Kong again one of these days. It's, it's the greatest. Um, yeah. <laughs> What, what what do you think about these movies we talked about? Which Ad, which one do you prefer, the Adams Family, or do you prefer Adams Family Values? That's what I want to know. What's what and is also what is your Adams Family in general? Yeah, what is your Adams Family? Um, yeah. That's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes One Double Future. Check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone. Nah, 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 nah. I want my fucking car. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. I want... My fuck Mr. Debbie!